0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Elaine B. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Friday, October 6, 2017. Today we're reading from the Big Book and we're on page 154, starting with the fourth paragraph, reading and commenting on three paragraphs. Today's readers are Helen B. for the 12 Steps, Amanda R. for the 12 Traditions, Penny LC, Janice B., and Rocky I. The reference number for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, Thursday, October 5th, is 10507. That's 10,507. The reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting, Friday, October 6th, is 10510. That's 10,510. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Helen B. to read the 12 steps. Helen, please press star 1 to unmute.
1: and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having a spiritual awakening as a result of working these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our fears. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Helen B. I will now ask Amanda R. to read the 12 Traditions.
2: Good morning. This is Amanda R.
3: I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine, and here are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as He may express Himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants; they do not govern. Three the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 4. Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks. I pass.
0: Thank you, Amanda R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we will resume our study of the big book on page 154, starting with paragraph 4. But what about his responsibilities? We'll read through through three paragraphs, ending with, he would do anything he said but that. I will ask. Penny L.C. to please begin reading. Good morning, Elaine, and good
2: morning to everyone on the line. This is Penny L.C., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from the state of Washington. But what about his responsibilities, his family, and the men who would die? Because they would not know how to get well. Ah, yes, those other alcoholics. There must be many such in this town. He would phone a clergyman. His sanity returned and he thanked God. Selecting a church at random from the directory, he stepped into a booth and lifted the receiver. His call to the clergyman led him presently to a certain resident of the town, who though formerly able and respected, was then nearing the nadir of alcoholic despair. It was the usual situation, home in jeopardy, wife ill, children distracted, bills in arrears, and standing damaged. He had a desperate desire to stop, but saw no way out, for he had earnestly tried many avenues of escape. Painfully aware of being somehow abnormal, the man did not fully realize what it meant to be alcoholic. When our friend related his experience, the man agreed that no amount of willpower he might muster could stop his drinking for long. A spiritual experience, he conceded, was absolutely necessary. But the price seemed high upon the basis suggested. He told how he lived in constant worry about those who might find out about his alcoholism. He had of course the familiar alcoholic obsession that few knew of excuse me he had the fam, he had of course the familiar alcoholic obsession that few knew about his drinking why he argued should he lose the remainder of his business only to bring still more suffering to his family by foolishly admitting his plight to people from whom he made his livelihood he would do anything but that anything he said but that and um so here stands bill and he's in the lobby and he realizes he's got a choice and thanks thanks to god thanks to bill's choice thanks thanks to all that have, have followed in the, in his footsteps He made a choice to go and pick up the phone. And that changed everything. Um, You know, and then, of course, his sanity returned and he thanked God. And I know, for me, as a compulsive overeater, every time I have stopped and had a choice between picking up that food item, that binge food item, that red light food, or picking up the phone and calling a fellow. And I have called the fellow. It's It's been an amazing uh, gift from my higher power. Um, you know, and then to be able to, uh, uh, you know, as fate would have it, to be able to be paired up with Dr. Bob, who was at at that crossroads of knowing that he needed help But seeing nowhere at no way out. And boy, do I remember that feeling too. I knew I needed help, I knew I was in bad shape, but I couldn't see my solution. And even when I came to the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, and if I didn't, since I didn't really see recovery, I wasn't still convinced that there was a way out. And I didn't know the depth of this, of, this, of this solution because I wasn't immersed in the big book and hearing exactly what my dilemma is without knowing the fact that I have a physical allergy and a mental obsession. But once learning those things, it's changed my life. But in this particular case, um, you know, there was Dr. Bob again, and knowing that no amount of willpower could stop for long. And yet, I tried willpower, I tried diets, I tried all kinds of weight loss schemes. None of those worked. I knew I needed something beyond that, and so did Dr. Bob and um and then that part about worrying what other uh, what other people would think you know as if people didn't know oh boy i thought i was pretending so well you know i had such a plastic face when i was out in the world um but and, and of course i only you know ate but people knew i mean i wore it i wore the pounds Just so, a reminder Thank you very much, Elaine. And I'll just finish by saying, at the end, you know, Dr. Bob had to ask himself, was he willing to go to any length? Was he willing to finally surrender? And thankfully, we know the rest of the story, or else we'll learn it if we don't know it yet. But thank you for letting me share, and I'll pass.
0: Thank you so much, Penny Elsie. Who would like to comment on what we read today? Marit. Dorita P.
4: Roz G. Janice
0: B. Okay. The very first person I missed, I got Dorita P., Roz G., and Janice B. So there was Marin. one person up Marit.
5: Marit. Yeah. Hi, Marit. Okay. okay. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay,
0: let's start with that. Marin, may I have the first initial of your last name? And Dorita P. will be right after you. Marin K. Thank you. Please go ahead. Do
6: you want me to start sharing?
0: Yes, please.
7: Oh, okay. Yeah, I love this because I relate to it on two levels. One level is Bill, who had to work with others in order to stay sober because with abstinence, we have to work with others, otherwise we... Stand at risk for going back to our disease. I'm an anorexic bulimic compulsive overeater. I'm a 60-pound anorexic and a 10-time-a-day bulimic, and I've been abstinent 23 years. And I know that I would have died absolutely without the program. I was very close to death. And I know that I have to work with others, and I need to work with people who uh, I identify with, especially anorexics and bulimics, because it's a very, like obesity, it will kill you, and um this is a disease that is fatal and um, I also relate to it on the other side, which is that um, the other guy did not want other people to find out about it um, he didn't believe he could stop uh, he didn't want anyone to know when I was using bulimic and anorexic, I was working, and I was in the industry, and I was making movies and i i was hoping I, that no one knew what I was up to, but I was 80 pounds, I was purging, I was doing other things, and um, I didn't want to, I really didn't want to stop until I almost died, and um, I'm grateful that there, that there was uh, Overeaters Anonymous and people that reached out and helped me, along with outside help, that I got better, and I'm still in process of recovery, I'm not recovered, but um The big book for me is like a Bible. So I'm grateful we're reading this. And, um, yeah, people do die if they don't get the message. I mean, and I think that's all I want to share, but thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you very much. Dorita P., you're up next, followed by Roz
1: G.
8: Thank you, Elaine. Uh, Excuse me. My name is Dorita P. from Cleveland. I'm a compulsive overeater. I just want to comment on, um, so Dr. Bob, he had a desperate desire to stop but saw no way out, for he had earnestly tried many avenues of escape. Yes, uh, I was desperate. I was um, almost 300 pounds, and I was gaining weight. I wasn't losing weight. And um, and at one point I was suicidal. Um I guess years prior to that, but I was becoming suicidal again. I was just so desperate and so depressed. Um, you know, I cursed God for waking me up. You know, you know, I was just hoping, just let me, um, just let me die in my sleep. Um, and for me, well, you know, I had to be that desperate. Uh, and I and I really believe that it takes a desperate person to work this program, um, because I think if you're not desperate, uh, desperate, um, like you know, because I would think, well, maybe you know, I just have this little problem, I just have this little food problem, and I'll be okay. And even so, before that, before I became desperate, you know, I used to look around me and I I hit eating. I didn't have friends. I had eating buddies, and they were always bigger than me. So I could look at them and say, you know, well, if I get that big, I'll do something about it. But I'm just really grateful that I was desperate enough to do whatever my sponsor told me to do. If she had told me to stand on my head three times a day, I would have tried. So um, and I just want to share, um, a newcomer called me. Well, not a newcomer. Yeah, I guess a newcomer called me. She was calling to find out about the program, and she said she would come to the meeting, she would uh, be at the meeting, she would get a ride to the meeting, she doesn't drive. And I said, well, if you can't get a ride, I'll give you a ride. And so she never called, so I, I assumed she had a ride and would be there, but she didn't show up. And I shared a little bit of my story with her, and she said she needed to lose 100 pounds, but Uh, apparently, maybe I'll see her next week. I don't know. But maybe she's just not desperate enough yet. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Have a good day.
0: Thank you, Dorita P., you too. And Roz G., you're up next, followed by Janice B. Star 1 to unmute,
2: please, Roz. I
0: thought I heard Roz G. in there. Perhaps I didn't. Janice B., why don't you go ahead and then we'll come back and see if we can, if Roz is there, okay?
4: Thank you, moderator. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Vermont. And grateful to be here and grateful to be opening my mouth. Um, okay, so what um what jumped out at me here was um <clears throat> um he bill started thinking about his responsibilities he stopped thinking about himself and he started thinking about others and his sanity returned and thinking about myself has always self-centeredness has always um it's not it's not a place that it's not a happy place <laughs> to be thinking about myself because as i look back on my life it's that self-centeredness and the bondage of self that um got me where where i landed and that was totally disconnected from other people feeling lonely and isolated and um so how do you how do you go from from that self-centeredness to um the um spiritual experience uh he he says uh he conceded it was absolutely necessary so um so what what i saw here uh when i read that first paragraph on 155 was um Dr Bob was a skeptic and I I identified with that. That's me. I'm a skeptic. Um uh so my reaction to um the program was um I don't I don't think so. Um I, I think I know everything and um and uh my my um I was disbelieving and I st- I stayed a lot of years in program like that and I had to go through lots of lots more pain to to be able to see the truth that I really am powerless and my life really is unmanageable I have not managed well so um so it gets down to a choice first the first choice was like Bill do I walk into that bar or do I think of other of others and um and you know and it's it's not just about food it's about all the choices do I act the way I've always acted or can I step back far enough to realize that how I've always acted through unearthing this in step 4 has led me to this place of fear doubt and insecurity and restless irritable and discontentness with my life so reminder okay all right so so it's always a choice and it's not you know it moves from food to your actions to my actions and with that i pass thank you
0: thank you janice b G, are you there and available to share Okay. We are on page 154, the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're starting with the fourth paragraph that begins, but what about his responsibilities? And we're reading three paragraphs, commenting on all three, ending with, he would do anything he said but that. Who would like to comment on those paragraphs today? Star one to unmute. This is Charlene. Charlene. Charlene G.? Thank you, Charlene. Jamie F. Jamie F.
9: Catherine N. Lisa J.R. Yeah, K.B. Ashley
0: P. Sherry K.B. and Ashley P. That'll do it. Thank you. Um,
6: uh, Ashley P. Okay.
0: So we're going to start out with Charlene G. Followed by Jenny F. Please go
6: ahead, Charlene. Hi, this this is Charlene G. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, Um, Charlene G. From Idaho, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I cannot believe what I can share with you today about my path and what it looks like today. I I was one of those who came into the meeting years ago and didn't get it, but I knew there was something special about this book and. Like many people, the paradigm shift happened once I had um someone in whom the problem had been solved get, take me through the book. And I think it's interesting to see the timetable for what what bill is doing able to do at this point of his recovery. and i after um, I had a lot of relapses and it wasn't until I realized that I needed to be more effective in my Building my spiritual experience, my spiritual life, and becoming more spiritually fit, that the recovery happened and the um, learning to d- build my daily practice of such things as my morning meditation and my ten steps and my eleven steps and and especially my twelve steps. And today, I I really liked what I we heard. Um, but what about his responsibilities? I've always had a. a skewed motivation of doing things you know i wanted the strokes i wanted the benefits of you know brownie points what have you and today my heart has changed and that's because of recovery i realized after um going through the steps and getting abstinent for final finally 13 14 months ago that i needed to really work on the emotional sobriety and that is happening the the defects are being replaced with a changed heart, a changed mind only because of God. I can, I have a desire to carry the message. I have amazing desire to help somebody who is suffering because I, I know what it's like to not know there's a solution. And I can't imagine when I walk around and I see people that are suffering, that have to be suffering. I I assume they're suffering. Um, that there is a solution. And I just feel like I just want to, shout it from the rooftops. I want to carry the message. And I have been so fortunate to be um, a a set of hands that has helped bring uh, an OA meeting to my town. There was not one meeting and we are doing a big book study and the newcomers that are coming and my ability to open my schedule, my calendar, to be selfless. That is so not me. I've I've just, I'm just uh, grateful that God has the ability to let me serve in that capacity, and I feel qualified. I'm enough, and I have enough to carry that message. And I'm so grateful that Bill looked to that directory, and I am doing the very same thing. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for all of your service today at Team Friday, and with this, I pass. Thank you, Charlene G. Jamie F., you're up next, followed
0: by Katherine N.,
5: Hi, good morning, afternoon. It's Jamie
10: F. in Philadelphia. Thank you for what everybody shared. Uh, I just wanted to touch briefly on the fear of um, people knowing, and that's something that I could relate to a lot. I think for a very long time, I held on to the secret that I didn't want anybody to know what my eating behaviors were because it's unbelievably shameful. I didn't want anybody ever to see me in the act of total loss of control, you know, almost like animal behavior, just completely nobody would ever love me or care for me or they would lock me away or think I'm a horrible person, unworthy if they knew what I did. Um, and the interesting thing about it is that. Um, the main people I didn't want to know were my family, and they also have the disease, and they also do it. So it's a really scary kind of secret that is held and bound by shame. Um, there, a lot of my family members have this disease that manifests in different ways, but there's a sort of secret element to all of it. And I think a really important turning point for me was being able to uh, let go of the secret and admit that this is who I am. Of course, that doesn't make me a bad person um, or a shameful person, but this is what I suffer from. And that, I think, then gave... Now I realize I think I have the responsibility, part of my responsibility is to be truthful, is to be honest. And for me, first of all, the, the honesty is about who I am and what I do, What what these... Um, quote unquote shameful behaviors were. Um, and that's where I can really resonate with the absolute fear of being found out and also um, the amount of like building walls and protection that goes into the secrecy of it. Um, so that's all I wanted to touch on. Thank you so much, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Jamie S. Yes. Catherine N., you're up next, followed by Lisa R. No, Lisa J., I think. Catherine. Hi Catherine.
9: Yeah. Hi. This is Katherine N from uh, Georgia. <clears throat> this is actually my first time on the live meeting and um I'm very grateful to be here. I've listened to uh a few of the recorded uh calls and um and after uh after the reading of the last uh paragraph um the call cuts off, so there's no like i I couldn't hear number exchanges or whatever so um but I'm glad to be here right now, and you know I could definitely relate to this uh these paragraphs, and I think what stepped um what uh jumped out at me um how uh, Dr. Bob was nearing the nadir of alcoholic despair. And, um, you know, that's exactly where I was, uh, physically, uh, emotionally, and uh, definitely spiritually. Um, You know, I had no idea that higher power was working in my life. Um, I had no gratitude for all the gifts I'd been given. I just you know, was kind of in a lot of self-pity about my plight, you know, uh, poor me. Um, And uh, I did... uh, I did realize I was abnormal somehow. uh, But I didn't really know what to do. You know, everything I tried hadn't worked. So I just... um, you know, when I walked into a meeting, and actually it was many years ago in Philadelphia, it was called the 12 Messages of Hope. And I just felt immediately at home and uh, just had such hope that there was a solution and that I could recover Um this disease and it's been you know um, I've had the ups and downs of you know abstinence and um, and I know it's all about taking action and um, improving my relationship with my higher power so um, I don't know if I said I'm a compulsive overeater in recovery and thank you and I hope I can get some numbers because I'm desperate for a sponsor thanks a lot
0: Thank you, Catherine. And definitely stay on the line. And we're we're glad that you're here. Lisa J, you're up next, followed by Sherry K D.
11: Hi, everybody. This is Lisa J R from Baltimore, Maryland. And thank you so much for your service. And um, I often don't get a chance to share on meetings, but I'm um, going to be able to put my name out there for sponsorship. Um, I'm really. I I was in that unique position that all my sponsees flew the coop at the same time graduated on um but I I really I'm so grateful that um Bill Wilson um he he went to that phone directory um because I wouldn't be here today and I wouldn't be recovered I wouldn't be able to say I'm recovered just for today by God's grace um there was a lot of hiding I I hid my life became um, so small and so dark and so hopeless until I came into the room. It was um, it was grasping at straws, desperation, um, the four horsemen. You know, uh, just just a horrible way to live. And I'm sure everyone can relate to that. But um, you know, being able to share the message with another. Um, a compulsive overeater has changed my life and given me hope and given me a future to be honest um I'm able now to go into starting to look towards my retirement that what am I going to do with myself that's useful um and God has given me the answer in in this book and this chapter is just like um a tonic to me and I'm so grateful for all of you being there and, um, I just wanted to share how thankful I am because um you know i i have I have a choice i every morning I have to pray for willingness to uh turn to doing the work instead of the gaiety of the bar, and I'm just so grateful, and with that, I'll pass thank you lisa j
12: r sherry K b you're up next, followed by Ashley P. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry K.B. in Northern California, grateful you covered, Compulsive reader Thanks for your service, Elaine, and everybody on the line. Welcome, welcome newcomers. Um, I'm just going to jump right in here. Um, you know, the previous um, paragraph that we read was before when Bill was going to, um, he thought about, you know, drinking. and Then all of a sudden in this paragraph we read, it says, but what about his responsibilities? And what I just would like to say is that, you know, that. That thought, that last paragraph was that first thought is what kicked in the insanity, and the insanity was the mental twist um, that kicked in. But then, you know, thank God that God intervened and, you know, Bill thought about what about my responsibility. And, you know, that's what helps me so much is when I think about what is my responsibility um you know, I, I am responsible for helping other people um, out, of, out, of, out of this disease. That's what I do honestly feel. Um, and because here he says, his insanity returned and he thanked God. And to me, that means that my I turn my thoughts to God and help someone else and be useful to somebody else, and my sanity returns, and I, I stay recovered, and that's really important to me. Um, and that's kind of the side of Bill's story. And then we're getting into Dr. Bob here. And um, you know, what really uh, struck me is when he said he earnestly tried many avenues of escape. Um, I've got a note over here on the side for myself. It says, how many many, um, avenues of escape did you try, Sherry? Um, How many avenues did you try except for either I did work some of the steps, but not all the steps, I never completed the steps until I got into doing this work this way in this book. And so I was trying everything to escape, but to get recovered, obviously, because I could tell you just thing after thing after thing about all the things I tried to escape um, this disease with, thinking I could do it by myself, and then being painfully aware of being somehow that I was abnormal, and I didn't fully realize my my, um, compulsive overeating. And so... What's so beautiful about it is that when we read in the doctor's opinion, it describes exactly what my twofold illness is, and so I, I didn't know that it wasn't my fault. I didn't know that you know I had a twofold illness, and now I have that information, and with my higher powers' help, I can change my life. Um, and then it says here about a spiritual experience conceded was absolutely necessary. So to me that absolutely necessary is for me to work the steps, get recovered, and live in 10, 11, and 12. And uh, to me, that is the spiritual experience that I must absolutely do. Otherwise, I will not stay recovered and I'll be face down in the food again. And I love working with others and helping others. And that I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sherry KB. Ashley P., please, please go ahead.
13: Hi, this is Ashley P recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard?
0: Yes, thank you.
13: Uh, thank you, yeah. Thank you for everyone being on the line today. And Elaine, thank you for your service. Um, I don't really know that I have a ton more to say about, about these paragraphs and I'm, I'm listening to my fellows and, and who are doing such a great job of, of unpacking these paragraphs. Um, so I, I think just to sort of reiterate what some um, other people have said that i didn't I didn't come into this program to be helpful to other people. i I came into this program because I wanted to stop binging. Um, first and foremost, and and then sort of um, down the line, I, I wanted to stop restricting and, and over exercising and and I wanted. Um, my my brain to not be full of just thoughts of what can I eat, how much can I eat, and then what do I have to do to make sure that I'm not going to gain any weight. Um, I just needed more head space. Um, but what I'm constantly amazed at about a, uh, a year and a half later is is that, A, that I am helpful to other people. I, I think the, the thing that hurts, more so than anything in my life in addiction is that um that feeling of uselessness and and self-pity. And so to me what these paragraphs are are talking about is um the the beginnings of uh of of thinking about other people and and how that habit is formed because it certainly it doesn't just, you know, develop out of out of thin air um so you know bill goes the mental twist comes comes back bill walks into a bar he's about to engage which is risky enough behavior and then he's about to engage in even riskier behavior by just trying some ginger ale which quickly becomes a thought to maybe i can have a few drinks um and and the miracle is that he walks out of that bar and in, into a new life of helping other people So. How how does that happen? And um and it's it's because he he thinks about telling somebody what's going on, phoning a clergyman, um, his sanity return and he thanked God. So, you know, he's basically saying, My life is unmanageable and, and um takes step two and and three, um uh uh coming to believe that a power greater than himself can restore him to sanity and then turning to that power, and then turning to help somebody else, um, and and so it's it's it is it's constantly about service to others. But if that doesn't feel like the natural thing to do at first, that's okay. This program is about acting as if um, at first, and and so gentle reminder. Okay, thank you. You begin to, to do things that, that seem you know difficult in, in the beginning and, and, and then they become habitual. Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful to that kind of uh, 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 guidance about about what what to do because now it is habitual, but it certainly wasn't in the beginning. Um, and And with that, I pass and hope everybody has a beautiful day. Thank you, Ashley P. We have time for about two
0: Charles or three more H. shares. Charles. Reggie O. Joanne B. And Joanne Millie D. B. Oh, I'm sorry, Millie. We don't have time for you. Um, Joanne, okay. Um. Oh, let's see. it Was Charles H. Joanne B. And there was one more just before Millie. Who was that again?
14: Reggie
0: O. O. Thank you very much. And um, if you can go just a little under three minutes, we'll fit all three of you in. Uh, Charles H, please go ahead.
15: Thank you very much for your service, Charles H. a recovered compulsive overeater. This has become the basis of a rapidly growing fellowship um, every day, my mindset is that I'm on thin ice, whether the food is down or whether life is going on every day, I'm on thin ice, okay. and uh thank God. For that For that phone booth, and thank God for, thank God for Roland has it showing up for Ebby, and thank God for Ebby showing up for Bill and and, and and Bill showing up for Bob because this vision for you was the last chapter written before the book was published it 's an overview of, of, of what it was like, what happened, and, and what it could be like. so I need to ask myself. If this fellowship is not growing 80-something years later, am I? do I have that thin ice mindset that I need to carry this message to another sick and suffering compulsive overeater? That's the mindset i got to have every day. And, and, and on Monday, hopefully, or Tuesday, we'll find out that this man that was hopeless, that was at the nadir of his, in winding down, that was at the nadar of his addiction, one morning he took the bull by the horns. And then he came home uh, at midnight uh, exhausted. But it was worth it because in his career, he helped 5,000 alcoholics without charge. And that's just amazing. And I just love this this this, uh, this chapter. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Well, thank you so much, Charles. Leaving room for
5: three-minute shares, each for Joanne B. And Reggio, please go ahead, Joanne. This is Joanne B. from Texas. I'm a compulsive overeater in recovery, and um, it's just so beautiful how the principles of this book um, comes to life for me every single day. And listening to the fellows and um, today has been so helpful. And I, I was thinking, what can I say today? Is there anything that I can say? And so many times I just want to listen and, and kind of bask in the wisdom that I hear But as people are talking, I'm realizing I was I I can identify with this reading because um, this past week I got to go for the first time since I've been in OA. I got to go visit my family, and and at first, you know, I was so scared. I didn't know what was going to happen. Would I fall into my different behaviors, et cetera? And I did my precautionary things and went. And it was such a beautiful visit, and I got to see so many promises of Step Ten coming out. And um, uh, there were times, though, my my, uh, sponsee graduated, and I decided to wait before putting my name out again. And and the struggle of not, you know, being caught up in my grandchildren and in my children, and just loving them, and for the first time being in uh, really present with them, I still saw. I started beginning to see the struggle having with this and I thought, Oh no, am I falling? Am I am I losing abstinence? you know? And then it dawned on me, you need to be serving, you need to be helping others, you need to get back in, don't stop for the week. Just go do what you need to do. And that was so beautiful to see this really this part of the reading open up to me and again to be my higher power giving me um, confirmation that I'm exactly where I need to be. And uh, I just thank everyone for serving just by sharing and coming on the call, and thank all those who served in each day's program to keep our meeting going, and with that I pass.
14: Thank you, Joanne B. Reggie O, please go ahead. Oh, thanks. Good morning, Elaine B. Thank you so much for your service and everyone. This is really so powerful um you know I can relate to both bill and dr bob i've I've been both of them more than once and um but you know what i'm thinking right, what it really brings me to is my deep gratitude for the um for whoever was you know for whoever was bill in the vision for you uh, meeting and and the people who came and followed after that uh, because you know the vision- the vision it is continually changing my life and uh and I've done lots of lots of o, lots of o a before in and out and um, but you know what strikes me is just like uh so so bill had this turn he had this turning point, which fortunately for all of us he turned you know in the direction of uh of God in recovery and that one person that he talked to that actually saved him, that one person went on to work with thousands of people who all went on to work with other people. And, you know, it's like, so when we, when I, when I go out and help someone, it helps me first and first, first and foremost, it helps me, you know, when I make that turn to be of service, then my, my consciousness is turned and my heart is turned and I'm in a much better place. And that person that I help. Could help many family, community, other compulsive overeaters who, in turn, help other family and compulsive overeaters. You know, and it just was really striking to me this morning to notice that that multiplier effect of one person helping another with a message that, uh, with a message and the experience behind that message to convey, you know, the actual truth and power of it. So. Uh, I'm ever, ever grateful, and uh, I will pass with that.
0: Thank you very much, Reggie Oh, There's just a moment or two left, so I'm just going to take a minute for a couple quick comments on this. Um, you know, Bill W. was being tempted. You know, everything was, was beginning to sound more and more appealing, and I love how somebody attacked a progression of that to the point where he came, well, just maybe three drinks and no more. But... Um, You know, he realized he had divine intervention right there with a thought, well, what about my responsibility, my families, and all those that I could help, divine intervention, that led him to a phone booth, that led him to a, a, a phone directory, that led him to a person to call, that person that had just the right connection with Dr. Bob. And the two of them began this teamwork together, a fellowship which I crave today. This is the community I crave to be on the line with you people discussing the solution, um, offering hope to to many, and um, learning how to do it better day by day, one day at a time, shoulder to shoulder. So happy to trudge this road with each of you. And thank you to everybody who shared today's fabulous meeting. We'll now transition by reading from the big book on page 164. Will Janice B. please read a vision for you?
4: Yes, thank you. you. Hi, this is Janice B., Recovering Compulsive Overreader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.